Welcome to another episode of Tell Me More. I'm your host, Mariam, and your 24-7 motivation source. This is a podcast where we explore the art of personal growth and self-improvement. So whether you're looking to improve your relationships, your career, your health, or your overall well-being, my podcast offers you practical tips and advice that is very easy to apply in your everyday life. Each week, I bring you conversations with experts and practitioners who share their insights, strategies, and stories about how not just exist, but to live and learn and to be more comfortable and confident with yourself. So whether you're just starting off in your self-improvement journey or you're a seasoned pro, this podcast is just for you. So join me each week as we explore new ideas, challenge our thinking, and ultimately create the life that we want. So let's get started for today. I know that, you know, it's been a long time since we spoke first and now we're finally here. So really glad to have you out here and I'm just so excited to speak about everything that we've discussed and uh, it's just going to be amazing for my listeners, no doubt. Well, thank you for having me. I appreciate it. I'm excited to chat and we'll see where this conversation goes. Definitely. And today the topic that we are going to be discussing is about, you know, how opportunities could be disguised as failures. So keeping that in mind, uh, the first thing I want to ask you is that I read about you that in your, you know, 20s, uh, everything was perfect for you. You know, you had the perfect sports card, you had the perfect girlfriend, everything was really nice. But then one day it just felt like it wasn't enough and you felt suicidal. So would you like to speak about it? What exactly happened at that point? Yeah. So I think one of the hard realizations that I had in my mid-20s was the fact that all the external quote-unquote success in the world is not going to fix the internal voids that we have inside of us. So I made a commitment to myself that at 26, I was going to make the most amount of money I've ever made in my life because I thought more money is going to be less problems for Kevin. So let me go all in. I ended up making $100,000 at 26 with no college degree. Awesome. But I remember I had this realization after I opened my final pay stub that for most of my life, I've really lived by accident. I mean, I've really lived unconsciously just kind of going through the motions, not really understanding why I'm doing what I'm doing. The opposite of unconscious is hyperconscious. So mm-hmm. I started a podcast called the Hyperconscious Podcast. Mm-hmm. When I started the podcast, I fell in love with the podcast and I fell out of love with my job. Mm-hmm. So I was at this interesting crossroads where as a podcaster, you know, in the beginning, it's very hard to get listeners. You're not making any money. So it's not something you necessarily lean into full time, but I knew I didn't want to do my job anymore because I I didn't want to make the money. I knew what it took and I wasn't willing to do it. Mm-hmm. It just kept getting harder and harder for me to go to work. And it just, I just knew it wasn't what I was supposed to be doing, but I didn't know how to get out of it. And at that time I was traveling a lot for work. My mental health was taking a turn. My physical health, all of me really was starting to kind of trend and spiral downward. And I just didn't really listen to the signs and it kept getting worse and worse. And I traveled for work. So one morning I woke up in a hotel room six hours away from where I lived, getting ready to work. My alarm clock went off. I sat up. I slid to the edge of the bed. I was lacing up my work boots. And that morning it was like there was 10 televisions on in my head at the same time. And every single one was on a different station. And one was saying, you're stuck here forever. You can never make this kind of money again. If you leave this job, that would be a huge mistake. If you do leave, what are your friends going to think? You make more money than all of your friends. If you do leave, what's your family going to think? You make more money than all of your family. And if you do leave, do you really think you're going to become a successful podcaster? 
Like that's really what we're going to do. That's what we're going to go for. And in that moment, in my helplessness, my hopelessness, I thought that if I was to take my life, I would take my problems with me. And that really shifted my life in all the ways that I'm living today. Like the reason I do what I do today is based on that moment. I reached out to my friend who is now my business partner. I said, hey, I'm, I'm struggling. I don't know what to do. I'm having these thoughts. What do I do, man? And he said, Kev, over the last couple of years, your environments have stayed the same, but you have changed as a person. You're more aware. You're into personal development. I think you need to change your environment. So I ended up leaving that job and then starting the very difficult journey of being a broke entrepreneur and podcaster. And I think that was in 2018. So I left my job in 2018 and we've been doing this full time since. Oh my God. And that was just like, I think uh, two years before COVID, right? So it must have been, when COVID must have hit, it must have been even more tougher at that point. Yeah. Yeah. And I'm so sorry. I mean, like your entire journey as such, it's, it's really I'm really sorry to hear that, okay? But uh, what you mentioned about the signs that uh, you, you know, kind of ignored the signs that were coming forward. There are a lot of people who ignored it in their lives. And what were those signs for you? For me, I just knew, well, it was weird, right? Because I had grown up with the understanding that you're not supposed to enjoy your job. Like nobody likes their job. It's supposed to be hard to go to work and nobody really likes what they're doing. But it really crossed a threshold for me where, the second I got to work, I would look at the clock and say, how, how much longer do I have here? Every single day. And it started to, it just started to drain me. And I, I was just looking for excuses not to go. And that was a really interesting thing for me because anytime I've ever done that in the past, I ended up quitting that job. So I kind of knew that was there. I think the problem for me was I didn't do any of the internal work mm-hmm. where if I asked myself, okay, why do you need to make $100,000? What problems do you think that's going to fix? Do you really think it's going to fix the insecurities that you have? No, probably not. Okay. You know, what will it actually bring you versus what do you think it'll bring you? I think for me, I just didn't, I didn't lean enough into the awareness. Mm -hmm. And what ended up happening was the whisper ended up becoming a scream. And when it became a scream, I answered it. But if I answered it when it was a whisper, I probably never would have got to the place I ended up at. Yeah, I didn't. What you mentioned about the fact that you know a lot of people um, around me also, and people who I know personally, I think even me, I've been in that stage again, where you try to do things which you feel uh, would fill up the void. You feel like that's something that's going to get you accepted, or you're going to fit in because of those things. Mm-hmm. But uh, because of not being aware, you feel like if you're the richest person around again, you're going to get the respect. But do you actually want the respect from everyone, or do you want it from a particular person? Would it come by communicating to that person? Would it come by doing these other things, okay? Or when it comes to even you being, when you're a teenager specifically, okay? You end up doing a lot of things because you want to fit in or you want to get attention. And it's probably because you've not got attention from one person in your life. So mm-hmm. like actually looking into, you know, being, as you mentioned, being self-aware about why do you want a particular goal? Because it's not fair. I, I even come across uh, I this one part, a YouTuber, and he mentioned that, being rich is not actually for everyone. It is a disease in itself because when you start becoming rich, okay, when you start uh, working on to your goals and everything, you actually commit to it completely. You stop giving time to a lot of other things, okay? And it's kind of an obsession in itself and people don't realize that a lot of responsibilities come with it. So you need to really look into it that 
why do you want to be do you want to be financially independent or do you really want to be rich so that's mm-hmm. one thing that was there um when you um started dealing with uh, depression and anxiety um what was your mindset shift how did you start telling yourself that it's going to get better because when you are in that particular spot even doing the smallest things around you waking up in the morning or just doing the first step is really tough so how did you bring about that mindset change yeah you know what really helped me and number one i went to therapy so i've mm-hmm. been to therapy i've been to counseling that was very very helpful because it helped me raise my awareness of oh your father wasn't there when you were young okay how do you think that impacted you I don't really know. I never really thought of that. Oh, okay. Well, it probably has something to do with the way that you're living your life now. Oh, interesting. That was a big thing. So going to therapy. But for me, two other things really impacted me. Number one, learning every day. And I know it might sound very simple or it might sound very trivial where how is learning going to help? I don't think I believed in myself very much as a human. And I think I had a very low level of self-worth. I didn't feel like I was valuable. The more I learn, the more valuable I become. And if I feel valuable, I'm not necessarily going to look at myself in a negative light. That was one way. The other way that really helped me is I started focusing on fulfillment instead of happiness. Happiness is if this interview goes well, you will like me and the audience will like me and I will feel good. I'll be happy. Regardless of the outcome of this interview, I am fulfilled because I'm in the process of doing what I should be. And I think that's an important distinction. So for me, I went from how do I be as happy as I can to how do I be as fulfilled as I can. And if you think about it, if you design your life 80% fulfillment, 20% happiness, it's going to look drastically different than if it's 80% happiness and 20% fulfillment. Happiness is not necessarily healthy in terms of how we seek it, right? I might, you know, I can sit and watch eight hours of Netflix and I'll be very happy during that time, but I'm not going to be fulfilled. Not like I am here. So I think that really helped me shift my perspective and my mindset around what it actually felt like to be alive. And then I think I started living an actual real life based on fulfillment and unhappiness. When you mentioned about fulfillment, okay, there are a lot of people who do not feel, uh, even when they've gone through an entire day of, you know, to-do list where they've mentioned what, what they want to do and they still don't feel fulfilled. Why do you hmm. think that happens? I think in order to be fulfilled... You have to have a level of growth and you have to have a level of contribution. Mm -hmm. And I think one without the other is, I won't say impossible, but I think many of us, we, it's weird because I think for a lot of us, we're attaching to the outcome. Right. And I think even if you're doing what you love, you're probably doing what you love based on an outcome. Mm -hmm. I don't know what's going to happen in this interview. I don't really care. I mean, I want to add value. That's my point. That's my goal. I want to add value. If I go in with the frame of, I'm just going to be me, this is where I'm supposed to be right now, this is exactly what I'm supposed to be doing, I've had bad interviews, I've had really good interviews, but I've been fulfilled throughout. So, I don't know, I think it's a, it's the fine line of saying, look, I'm not doing this for the outcome first, I'm doing this because this is what I should be doing as a human being. When we, when we start to attach outcomes, which are important, I, I will agree, outcomes are important, then we also start to have expectations. When we have expectations, we can kind of lose the fact that we started this because it fulfilled us in the first place. That's true. That's true. 
And uh, when you speak about therapy, um, you know, it's it's kind of a stereotype where that a lot of people, uh, they feel like therapy doesn't work out. It's just a woohoo concept, okay? And you could just have somebody around you. It could be a family member, a friend who would be able to speak to you. And it's going to be the same thing because people have this concept, you're paying somebody to just speak to you. What do you think, um, you know, is different about therapy and why should everybody take therapy and, you know, go ahead with it? I think a couple things. Number one, your family or your friends haven't studied the human condition. They haven't studied psychology, psychotherapy, whatever it may be, trauma. So they don't really... There's a big difference between somebody supporting you where you're venting your feelings and somebody helping you to strategize how to get through your problems and your traumas. That's part number one. Part number two, I think we are more afraid of the judgment of the people closest to us. So you're probably not going to share the deepest, darkest secrets with somebody very close to you because you're going to think in your mind, wow, how are they going to look at me differently? Where if you find a professional that you trust, I mean, you're not going to dinner with them. You're not going to go to the gym with them. You're going to them once a week or whatever it is. And that's quite literally the intention you have set. I am going to share the dark, potentially painful parts of my life with this person because I believe they'll help me. And I think this is the other thing too. You're setting an intention that is this. Every time I go there, I'm going to learn more about myself, True. right? So it's this person's job to help me where if you and I are friends, you can kind of, the lines can get crossed, right? We might meet up and I might say, hey, how was, you know, how was your weekend? And you might say, well, this happened, this happened. And we might go off on, we're friends here. We're friends here. Not necessarily, I am a professional trying to help you in the way that you need help. That's very true. And I, I believe like when it comes to therapy, um, this is what I experienced and what I got out of it is that uh, a person who's there to help you out again, uh, their main thing is that they are unbiased, as you mentioned, you know, uh, the part where the judgmental aspect of it and also knowing that uh, when it comes to your friends or family, Sometimes you do uh, hold back because you know what's going on in their lives and you know that you'll be probably adding a little more burden out there. And at that point of time, you're doing injustice to yourself. You're not really getting the right, you know, sort of um, guidance or whatever it is. And it's like, you know, going to a doctor and expecting them to build an entire, you know, building for you or the other way around, asking an engineer to operate. So it's like going to a therapist is no doubt really important. And I feel like a lot of people have asked me, you know, should I only go to a therapist when everything is wrong in my life? Actually, I don't think that's the only way. Even if everything's going perfectly in your life, maybe not every time, but once in six months, just go. It's it's a self-awareness, as you mentioned, you know. You might not, as you mentioned again, you did not know that there were certain aspects of you that were getting affected because of the absence of a father. You don't know what you are depressing in you. You don't know what is, you know, going on in your mind. And every six months, if you go down for just one chat session, okay, you might realize certain things which you've not realized all these months. And even if it's like a new part of your life, let's say you are getting into a committed relationship or you're starting a new family, just going and understanding the aspects of what is, you know, there in that relationship, especially when it comes to parenthood. I feel like that's something that if I ever come to that point, I would definitely go into a, you know, therapy session and continue going in because I don't know how to, I can't just assume that I know how to raise kids. I cannot just be like, I've seen this happen, so I'm going to go ahead and do exactly that. I need somebody to walk me through it. So I, I'm not saying I'm going to be 100% perfect, but I'm at least going to, as you mentioned, you know, 80% I'll be fulfilled and I'm trying to do the best. Yeah. And I think the other important thing is like, 
you don't always just go to the doctor when you feel bad. Sometimes you go, I mean, maybe you go once a year. Maybe you go every six months to just get a checkup. There's nothing wrong with doing a, a mental mindset, uh, mental health, mindfulness checkup. That's very, very valuable. And you're going to learn. And at the end of the day, that's one of the most valuable things for you. You're going to learn about yourself. This journey of life, which is a weird, weird journey, you're going to learn many, many, many things. But if you do it correctly, I think you're going to learn the most about you. And that's just so powerful. Definitely. And Kevin, there's also another thing that when people go for therapy for the first time, they don't really feel comfortable or, you know, speaking to somebody for the first time. Or let's say you don't click well with your therapist. Do you think a lot of people have asked me about this? Should I just stop after that? But that's what I've gone ahead and told them that you might not click with one person. And that's what happens in life also. You can speak to 10 different people. Okay, you don't need to go ahead and open up about everything in your first session and see where you feel comfortable and then go ahead with it. What do you think? What has been your experience in that terms? I think I'm actually pretty good at being vulnerable. I don't I don't know where that comes from, but I think I've always been pretty good at being vulnerable. So for me, the first person I found, I was like, cool, let me, let's do this. And I was crying and it was a whole thing. I think for somebody else, you might have to figure out, okay, uh, who makes you feel the safest? So what are some of if you and I were going to buy a house, we would sit down and say, all right, these are the, the things that m this house must have, skylight, whatever, right, garage. I would do that for your therapist. What would you ideally have in a therapist? Maybe mm -hmm. it's somebody who is the same sex. Maybe it's somebody who's the opposite sex. Maybe yeah. it's somebody who is, you know, in a certain location. Maybe it's virtual instead of being in person. So what are the things that would make you feel the most comfortable, thus increasing the likelihood of you doing it? And then- after your first experience, you reflect, okay, what went better than I expected? What went worse than I expected? What do I want more of? What do I want less of? And then now you're just honing. Now you're figuring out through specifics what you actually like. That's true. That's really nice. And when you think about this, that, um, you know, we're now that we're talking about therapy and depression, there are a lot of failures that come into your life. And what do you think, uh, you know, how does somebody change their perspective when it comes to failures? Because normally... People stop after they fail for the first time or the second time. So how do you change your perspective towards that and keep going? I think for most of us, one of the downsides is we actually attach our failures to our self-worth. So there is a big difference between making a mistake and saying, I made a mistake, and making a mistake and saying, I am a failure because I made a mistake. Those are two drastically different things. So again, I always use me being on the podcast because I'm on your podcast right now talking. If something goes wrong and I misspeak, that does not mean I'm not a good speaker. It means I had a moment of weakness where things didn't exactly align the way I want. It doesn't mean I can't get better. It doesn't mean I'm not good. So I think for many of us, we have to understand if you're getting good feelings from your performances, you have to be careful because you're also going to get bad feelings when your performances don't go well. If you're celebrating your wins, your, your losses are going to hurt really bad. So number one, Understand your performance, your quote-unquote success, does not have to equal your self-worth. I think that's, a, that's an important one. The second thing is you have to understand that there are so many lessons in the losses. So many lessons will come to you when you make mistakes. And the beautiful thing is you're always going to make mistakes, but the faster you learn about your mistakes, the faster you'll avoid making the same ones. I make mistakes every single day. Every day I'm screwing something up, but I try not to screw the same thing up multiple times because hopefully I've learned. And 
I have a lot of people say, oh, you're, you know, you know a lot about podcasting and you have a successful podcast and blah, blah, blah. I've done 1,200 episodes. I've messed up 1,200 times. I've just messed up more than you. So I know what not to do. So eventually, when you start to stack your failures, you'll actually be able to stack your victories and you'll also understand at a deep level, we don't go over there. That's where the, the thin ice is or whatever, whatever the analogy is. It's very important to understand both sides of the coin. And if you want to win, you have to at least be open to the understanding that the potential for losing is there. It's always there and it will happen. It's just a matter of when. Right. That's true. That's true. And I think it's more about the consistency that you keep on putting in. And you have to like, I even mentioned it in one of my podcasts that it's like, you know, we watched FIFA recently and FIFA takes like about four years of practice for that final match to be played. And just like that, you know, your life is going to be like a football match. There are going to be these different strategies, fouls, moments, you know, and some days it's going to be like you are watching this amazing, uh, you know, match going on. You're going to be on the edge of your seat and waiting for the next thing that's going to happen. And some days it's just going to be really slow. And then suddenly you'll hit the goal and you've won the game. So as you as you mentioned, yeah, definitely your failures are required. And, um, you know, uh, one of the things that I do want to ask you is that when it comes to certain habits, uh, especially when you were coming out of depression and anxiety and for anyone who just has to, you know, start doing things right, okay? What are the certain habits that you should, you know, embark upon on your self-improvement journey? I think you should break it down into three. So into separate buckets, right? There is a lot of ways to make more money. There's a lot of ways to get in better shape. And, you know, there's a lot of ways to to learn. And there's a lot of ways to, to deepen your love with people and yourself. But I want to help people become well-rounded. So in the beginning of my journey, when I had never tracked a habit, I didn't even know what habits were. None of that made any sense. I had five things I would do every day. Number one, I would exercise for 30 minutes. Number two, track my finances. Number three, I would learn for 30 minutes every single day also. Number four, I would do something. I would try to do something every single day that scared me. So mm-hmm. I had a list, what I, I would call fear chasing, right? What are the things that I did today that really scared me? When that list starts to compile, you're going to notice that you're becoming more brave and more confident. And then the other thing I did was I started tracking podcast listen. So if you're out there, I would literally break it into three things. One, weigh yourself when you wake up in the morning. I know it sounds simple. I know it sounds too simple. I don't care about the result. I just want you to reinforce the habit. So when you wake up in the morning, weigh yourself, do that for a week, do that for two weeks, and then start writing down the weight. Cool. You're off to the races. Every night before you go to bed, I want you to either journal or if you have a partner, you can say your gratitudes to them. So every night before my wife and I go to bed, we say three things we're grateful for about one another. Okay, cool. Off to the races. And then the, the the easiest thing really is track your finances. So some point during the day, open up your banking apps and write down the number that you have in your bank and do the same thing the next day. I know this sounds super simple. I understand. But it's not about the progress that you're going to make day to day. It's about the opportunity that you're creating a year from today when you've tracked your finances for 365 days. You know that the coffee you get every day is $4.17. You know, when you get to that level, your awareness is unreasonably high. Your opportunity becomes high with that. And then you can start to compound on your habits. So then it's, I weigh myself every day and then I go to the gym. And it's, I track my finances and I invest every day. 
And then it's, you know, I say my gratitudes to my wife or my partner and I meditate every day. All right, cool. Now you're, you're doubling. So in the beginning, I think sustainability is the most important thing. Whatever is going to be sustainable for you to start is probably the best place for you to start. That's that's really true. I mean, especially when you mentioned about financial tracking, okay? Uh, when I was younger, I, my mom had the most absurd habit whenever she used to even give me 10 bucks. Uh, when I got back home, she used to ask me to like, you know, ma- uh, maintain an entire record. But I never did it and she knew that she had to inculcate the habit in me. So I had to ferret it out that where have I spent each and every penny? And it could mm-hmm. be as small as probably one buck and I, she'd be, I, I'd be like, see, I've got, you know, gum out of it. And she's just like, no, I want you to even tell me that, you know. It, and I'm like, it's just a buck, you know, what do you mean? She's like, someday you'll realize that one buck, okay, is going to compound and it's going to be really huge. And when I uh, shifted out on my own and then, you know, I didn't know cooking or anything of that sort. So every day used to be, you know, food from outside. At the end of the month, I'm just like, okay, where is my money going? And then I started remembered my mom's words and then I started, you know, my entire financial tracking. And I realized that how much I was spending probably in a week on, you know, getting food, three meals from outside or even two meals from outside. It was how much I could spend, okay, for at least, let's say, one, one and a half weeks groceries. And that would give me so many different meals. And it was nutritional. It was amazing. So definitely, that is one thing that did help me also personally. Um, one more thing that I'd like to add is eating your whatever you intake at this point of time, like, I know people don't, uh, when, you know, people, when they go for gymming and everything, they're very focused on the calories they're taking in, what carbs are going in and everything. But if you're not a person who's really crazy about gymming or anything of that sort, be a little more uh, careful or be a little more aware about what you're eating during what time of the day, because that really affects your energy. If you're eating a lot of uh, rice or whatever in the first half during your lunch, you're going to have a crash. If you're having coffee right after you're woken up, you're going to have that afternoon crash that's going to come in. So going a little bit into understanding just these basics, okay, can make a huge difference in the productivity of your entire day and your mindset overall. You get to learn, right? That's that's the important thing is if you're learning about how to be more productive, you're going to be more successful. If you're learning how to be in love at a deeper level, you're going to be more in love. If you're learning about you know, business and investing and money, that really is the, it is the cheat code. We have the easiest opportunity to learn ever. I mean, there is YouTube, there's Audible, there's podcasts. There are so many free resources where if you can learn for 30 minutes a day, add that up for a year. That is a lot of hours, a lot of hours. That's true. That's true. And I mean, Anywhere where we are spending like somewhere close to three hours, if you go on your phone and you check, you know, your yeah. uh, time, it's easily three hours for Instagram for a normal person. And I mean, that's the minimum. So from that, if you take out 30 minutes, and I'm not saying for essentially like when I had to create a shift, uh, for me to go suddenly from something which was entertainment to educational, that didn't happen. So what I started doing was I started unfollowing everything where it was just humbug on my, you know, Instagram. And I started following more motivational things, podcasts, you know, and stuff like that. And uh, those 30 minutes when I used to be scrolling through, I used to be learning. So how you use social media also matters a lot. You can use it for your entertainment or you could use it to learn because every single thing that you mentioned, uh, YouTubers have their Instagram accounts, all the great scientists, everyone basically has an Instagram account nowadays. So you could be actually studying while you are on Instagram. And it's just how about you, you, you know, how you use that particular social media for yourself. So 
Having um, said that, the last thing that I do want to ask you is that, is there any piece of advice that you've come across or you've received from someone that you would never forget and you would like to share with my listener? I, I think I came up with this. I don't know. I don't know where it came from, but this was something that really would have helped me at the beginning of my journey. From day to day, progress is invisible. From year to year, progress is impossible to miss. I did, what, five podcasts yesterday or something? I'm no better today than I was yesterday. But I'm way better than I was five years ago. But if I only looked at yesterday and today, I would feel disheartened. I'm not any stronger. I'm not, I didn't lose any weight. I didn't make any more money. It's not about the day to day. It's this weird paradox where the day matters so much, but it only matters for as long as you're going to do it. So understand that today and tomorrow might not look any different, but today and five years from today are going to look drastically different. And you get to decide how. Five years from today, your life is going to look different. You might as well intentionally make it look the way you want. Definitely. That's that's very true. And um, I mean, that's everything that I had to ask you. I've picked onto your brain a lot already. And I just want to mention that thank you so much, Kevin. This has been a really insightful conversation. And I know that we've spoken about some things which are uh, sensitive and things that were personal to you. And I'm just so happy and I'm so glad that you could share it with us. And um, that's just been great. Thank you so much. My pleasure. Thank you so much for having me. I appreciate Everything's going to be fine. And with this, I'll leave you with one more thing that you can work on this week and take a step closer to being a version of yourself that is confident and more you know, clear and you have more clarity. So thank you so much for showing up and giving me your time. If you like this podcast, please share it on your social media, subscribe, leave a remark, do anything and just tag me on TMM4. Have a great week ahead. Bye.